Hello, this is Melanie, and I'm reading articles from today's USA Today, Thursday, February 29th, 2024. Starting with the money section, only three items today. First one, Gretzky rookie cards may be in the $3.72 million set. A cardboard box full of hockey cards that sat in a basement in Saskatchewan, Canada for decades sold for $3.72 million, according to Heritage Auctions. Inside the box are 16 other boxes containing 48 packs of OPG hockey cards from 1979-1980, totaling about 10,752 fresh-off-the-factory floor cards. In this collection could be a rare find, Wayne Gretzky's rookie cards. It's believed roughly two dozen such rookie cards from Gretzky's first season with the Edmonton Oilers likely are in the set, which is the only unopened case of 1979-1980 to OPC cards to have ever surfaced in the 21st century, according to Heritage Auctions. Heritage said the owner of the cards was once a rabid collector who had such a sizable collection his family lost track of what he owned. Recently, his son found the lot behind stacks and stacks of other items. Second item, Sony to cut 8% of PlayStation workforce. Sony says it will make cuts to its PlayStation division. In the announcement on Tuesday, the company said that it will lay off 900 employees, about 8% of its workforce, across several locations. After careful consideration and many leadership discussions over several months, it has become clear changes need to be made to continue to grow the business and develop the company, Sony Interactive Entertainment. President and CEO Jim Ryan said in an email to PlayStation employees. In the email, Ryan said that the process will be different for everyone working in different countries. And the last item in that column, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, recalls an eye ointment over lack of sterility. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration has issued a recall on eye ointments by multiple brands over a lack of sterility assurance at the facility in India where the products were being manufactured. The FDA, in its recall notice issued Monday, said that the Thane-based manufacturer Brassica Pharma um, Private Limited is voluntarily recalling the products after federal inspectors found unsanitary conditions at their facility. The company has not received any reports of the ointments having adverse effects on consumers. For those patients who use these products, there is a potential risk of eye infections or related harm. The FDA said the recalled products under the brands Equate, CVS Health, and AACE Pharmaceuticals were sold at retailers, including Walmart and CVS, according to the FDA, with expiration expiration dates from April of 2024 to September 2025. The products include Equate Lubricant Eye Ointment in a 3.5-gram tube and Equate Style Lubricant Eye Ointment in a 3.5-gram tube. CVS Health Lubricant Eye Ointment with the UPC code and Lubricant PM Ointment 
by AACE Pharmaceuticals in a 3.5-gram tube. And to finish that column, the Dow Jones Industrial yesterday closed down 28 points to close at 38,949. New item, Uber-style surge pricing for fast food is coming soon. This by Jessica Gwynn. Hit the bar during happy hour or your favorite restaurant for that early bird special and save money on drinks and food. Slash the cost of that Hawaiian or European vacation by booking a flight or a hotel room early or during the off-season. But the same supply and demand principle can work against you. You pay more for electricity during peak hours for Bruce Springsteen concert tickets or even a parking spot when there's a sporting event. And of course, there's the infamous Uber surge pricing. Though not new, surge pricing or dynamic or variable pricing, as it's typically called in the business world, is fast becoming the norm. What is surge pricing? More fast food joints, restaurant chains, and brick-and-mortar retailers are taking advantage of technological advances to tap into real-time trends and swiftly adjust prices, sometimes in seconds. It's a tempting proposition for big businesses that can dramatically increase revenue with slight pricing changes. Wendy's is the latest to say it will fluctuate prices of chicken nuggets or a classic chocolate frosty based on demand. In a conference call earlier this month, Wendy's CEO Kirk Tanner said the fast food, cha- fast food chain would experiment with dynamic pricing as early as next year. Wendy's surge pricing. Beginning as early as 2025, we will begin testing more enhanced features like dynamic pricing and day part offerings along with AI, automated in Um, intelligence, enabled menu changes, and suggestive selling, he said. As we continue to show the benefit of this technology in our company-operated restaurants, franchisee interest in digital menu boards should increase, further supporting sales and profit growth across the system. The response on social media has been mixed. If I ate at Wendy's, I'd sit in the drive through waiting for the surge pricing period to end, commented one consumer on the social media platform Threads, it's called. Not everyone is mad at Wendy's. Lots of other businesses adjust prices based on demand, commented another. What is clear, the days of fixed prices that began in 1876 when a Quaker merchant introduced price tags at his department store in Philadelphia may soon be behind us. Research and advisory firm Gartner predicts that by 2025, just next year, the top 10 global retailers will use dynamic pricing to take advantage of mismatches between supply and demand. Prices seesaw all the time on the sites of online retailers like Amazon that use algorithms and artificial intelligence to monitor competitors and glean insights into individual shoppers, adjusting prices depending on interest in the product or in the brand, said Timothy Webb, an assistant professor at the University of Delaware's Hospitality and Sport Business Management Program. Coupons and other offers are also routinely dangled in mobile apps to encourage people to make purchases. 
a lot of this stuff is already happening, even if you don't realize that it's happening. If you have the Starbucks app, and I have the Starbucks app, we probably have different offers website. We might not be in the drive-thru and they just increase the prices, but we are already paying different prices for the same products. But he said Wendy's fans will likely see moderate, not massive price swings during periods of peak demand. It's not like two or three hundred dollars on a flight. This is a hyper competitive industry. If Wendy's goes up two to three dollars on a burger at dinner time, I'd be shocked. People have too many options. They'll just walk down the street and eat at Burger King instead, Webb said. There will just be little price changes here. Though consumers have been accustomed to hotels and airlines modulating their prices depending on demand since the 1980s, they tend to view sharp pricing increases as predatory. Consumers, by and large, understand that companies need to make a profit, but when a company appears to be sticking it to the consumer in a moment of need, the customer resents it, said John Dinsmore, a marketing professor at the Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio, who researches dynamic pricing. 52% of consumers surveyed by software company Capterra last year said dynamic pricing in restaurants is the equivalent of price gouging. A good example is Coca-Cola, Dinsmore said. Around the turn of the century, they experimented with vending machines that raised the cost of drinks based on the outside temperature. The hotter the weather, the more expensive the soda. Consumers hated it. They understandably felt exploited. It violated consumers' sense of price fairness. I think you're going to see a similar response to Wendy's dynamic pricing. Dynamic pricing aims to influence consumer behavior, and price-sensitive consumers can work the system, Webb said. If you're trying to save a couple bucks, it's worthwhile seeing if you go to Wendy's at 4 o'clock, you're going to save a little bit of money, he said there will be opportunities to find deals and pricing that are beneficial to you. People who study dynamic pricing see it won't work in all facets of American life. Dynamic pricing is here to stay, but I believe only in certain contexts. Surge or dynamic pricing works for Uber because they're often the only option, Dinsmore said. For consumer staples like food and clothing, I have a hard time seeing it take hold. There are too many options. Consumers will adjust and competitors will undercut prices. New item, uh, new item, and they uh, titled this DoorDash. Why do passengers feel the need to rush off of the plane? It's not, this is by um, Christopher Elliott. It's not your imagination. Airline passengers want to be first off the plane, and they would do almost anything to exit the aircraft as soon as it pulls up to the gate. I saw it after my recent flight from Los Angeles to Houston landed. I opened the overhead bin to grab my carry-on bag, and I was nearly knocked back in my seat by a guy who was barreling toward the front door without even an excuse me. Other air travelers have experienced exit envy, too. As soon as Neil Gupta's flight from Houston to Salt Lake City came to a stop at the gate, an impatient passenger jumped up and sprinted to the front, squeezing past the other passengers. He kept saying he had to make a connection, said Gupta, a dentist from Seattle. I got off and went to the nearest restroom, and guess who was washing his hands? Maybe he had a bathroom emergency? 
Now, it was probably a me-first thing. It's happening more often, and passengers find it annoying. In fact, 58% of uh, passengers, uh, travelers surveyed by Kayak, said passengers should not rush to get off the plane, even if they have a tight connection. Yet here we are on the verge of what will probably be the busiest year for air travel in the history of modern aviation, and people can't even wait their turn to get off the plane. There's a reason this is happening, and as it turns out, there's a way to get off the plane early. There are two main reasons for the mad stampede off the plane, and both are terrible. The most commonly used excuse is that they have to make a connection. That seems like a legitimate reason for pushing ahead of everyone else. But when that happens, and there really is a tight connection, flight attendants will usually make an announcement to please remain seated so that those with a connection can disembark first. But the lone passenger shoving his way to the front of the aircraft, not buying it. The other reason, they're in a hurry and have to urgently get off the plane. Seems legitimate, too, until you see them waiting at the luggage carousel with the rest of us. The only legitimate emergency I can think of is having to use the bathroom. But planes have bathrooms, so doesn't that mean they should be rushing to the back of the aircraft? There are people who try to exit first under false pretenses, uh, pretending they have a short connection or creating some other fake urgent need, said Nick Leighton, an etiquette expert and co-host of the weekly etiquette podcast called Were You Raised by Wolves? This is rude. Got that? The etiquette expert said it's rude, and I agree. How to get off the plane first without being rude? You can get off the plane early the right way. The politest way is to enlist the aid of the flight attendants, said Jody R.R. R. Smith, an etiquette consultant. They'll verify if it's a legitimate request and ask passengers to allow the connectors to exit first. Another strategy that works, and airlines love this one, is buying a seat closer to the front of the plane. That's what Ed Horenberger did when he had a short connection on a trip from Tokyo to Philadelphia. I paid for an upgrade and it worked, said Horenberger, a retired printer from Philadelphia. Don't forget, there's no prize for getting off the plane first. If you're trying to make a connection, getting to that next flight in time is the only thing that matters. When the first leg of Kathy Lopez's flight from New York, I'm sorry, from New Delhi to Phoenix was delayed, she turned to a flight attendant for help. Instead of letting her off the plane early, the crew member told her to find her after the plane landed. She did. She escorted me through several concourse bypass security and onto my next flight, she said. If she hadn't done that, I would have missed my flight, and I would have missed Thanksgiving with my family. Whose fault is this early exist exiting problem? It would be tempting to blame the rise of these connection con artists on a breakdown of civility, but it turns out there's a reason. We're seeing more of this behavior. Airlines are largely responsible for the mad stampede off the plane. They operate hub-and-spoke flights that require a connection, and then they often schedule the connections too close together. That makes passengers nervous and ready to bolt the moment the plane lands. Uh, the fix is more point-to-point -point flights and more generous connection times so that passengers don't feel like they have to sprint across the terminal to make their next flight. Oh, I know, there are people in the airline industry 
who will tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. But wait until you get knocked over by a nervous passenger on your next flight, and then let's have a discussion about this. Elliot's tips for exiting a plane early. If you need to get off the plane first, examine your motives. Do you really need to leave for a legitimate reason, or do you just have exit envy? Book early and consider paying for an upgrade. If you know you have a tight connection, you'll want to book your flight early so that you have a choice of seat assignments. If you're on Southwest Airlines, pay extra for early bird privileges and snag a seat up front. Ask if you can get off the plane early. Tell a flight attendant that you need to be off the plane quickly. If it's a good enough reason, they'll make an exception. They'll make an announcement. If it's not that urgent, ask your fellow passengers if you can get ahead of them. Most of the time, they'll oblige because, well, we're all we've all been in that situation," said Anthony Radchenko, CEO of Air Advisor. And lastly, don't forget your rights. If you miss your connection, your airline will put you on the next available flight at no extra charge, assuming your connection is on the same itinerary. If you have to spend the night at the airport, your airline should also cover your hotel, meal, and transportation expenses. Although it depends on where you are and which airline you're on, your airline can't just abandon you at the terminal. New item: Family Dollar to pay forty-one point six million dollars. Over rodents, this by Jonathan Limehouse, a find for rat-infested warehouse in Arkansas. Family Dollar stores agreed to pay $41.6 million for storing food, cosmetics, drugs, and medical devices in a rat-infested warehouse in Arkansas for years. Court records show. The Dollar Tree-owned discount chain store took a plea agreement Monday in the Eastern District of Arkansas after being charged with one misdemeanor count of debasing FDA-regulated products by holding them in unsanitary conditions, according to court documents. By accepting the plea. Uh, the plea deal. The company admitted to shipping products until January 2022 from its Arkansas distribution center, where the FDA found evidence of live rodents, ooh, dead and decaying rodents, rodent feces in urine, and evidence of gnawing and nesting. Court records show a fumigation of the facility resulted in the extermination of. Wait for it. 1,270 rodents, according to court documents, having reached full resolution with the Department of Justice, we are continuing to move forward on our business transformation, safety procedures, and compliance initiatives," said Dollar Tree Chairman and CEO Rick Dryling、uh, on Monday in a news release. When I joined Dollar Tree's board of directors in March 2022, I was very disappointed to learn about these unacceptable issues at one of Family Dollar's facilities. Since that time, and even more directly when I assumed the role of CEO, we have worked diligently to help Family Dollar resolve this historical matter and significantly enhance our policies, procedures, and physical facilities to ensure it's not repeated. Family Dollar employees knew about the rodents. The FDA's inspections didn't occur until 
but select stores that received products from the Arkansas facility reported mouse and pest problems with deliveries in August of 2020, court records show. The warehouse shipped to more than 400 family dollar stores in Alabama, Missouri, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, and Tennessee, the documents show. Certain stores even reported receiving rodents and rodent-damaged products through deliveries from the distribution center by the end of 2020, according to the court documents. Family Dollar also told the court that some of its employees were aware of the warehouse's conditions by no later than January 2021, which led to the products becoming even more contaminated, the documents showed. Consumers trust that products purchased from retail stores like Family Dollar are safe, U.S. Attorney Jonathan Ross said on Monday in a Justice Department news release. It's incomprehensible that Family Dollar knew about the rodent and pest issues at its distribution center in Arkansas, but continued to ship products anyway. Family Dollar voluntarily recalled products. All drugs, medical devices, cosmetics, and human and animal food products sold since January 1st of 2021 in the 404 stores serviced by that Arkansas facility were voluntarily recalled by Family Dollar on February 18th, 2022. Court documents showed there are numerous hazards associated with rodents, including the potential presence of salmonella. Family Dollar said in a news release on that date, use or or consumption of affected products may present risk of illness due to the potential presence of salmonella. At the time of the recall, the company said it was not aware of any consumer complaints or reports of illness related to the warehouse's issues. Dollar Tree said during its fourth quarter earnings report in March of 2022, that the product recall at Family Dollar stores linked to the rodent infestation cost the company $34 million. Fully reimagined and refreshed Arkansas Distribution Center. Operations will return to West Memphis, Arkansas when Family Dollar opens a fully reimagined and refreshed distribution center, Dollar Tree announced Monday in its release. The new facility is expected to be up and running by the fall of 2024 and will cost more than $100 million, according to the company. The facility will also provide more than 300 new jobs for Arkansas workers. The Chesapeake, Virginia headquartered company also said the distribution center would be built with a strong emphasis on safety, sanitation, and compliance and should serve as a model of excellence for all facilities in the Dollar Tree and Family Dollar Network. And now some news from the Lifetime section under the Lifeline column. Style star Jennifer Lawrence. Paris Fashion Week is underway and Jennifer Lawrence didn't come to play. On Tuesday, she arrived at the Christian Dior Women's Wear Fall Winter Show in a smoky gray three-piece suit featuring a plunging vest, high-waisted trousers, and stylish blazer. The No Hard Feelings star was fitted by the fashion house as a Dior ambassador. New item. This is more of a human interest story, I think. A hundred years old, but only 25 candles. This by Celine Martin. When Mary Lee Forsythe turned 16, she'd had only four birthdays. Now that she's turning 100, she's getting ready for her 25th, 25th birthday celebration. 
That's because the Sand Springs, Oklahoma native is a leapling, a term for people born on Leap Day, February 29th, which appears on the calendar only just about every four years. Forsyth was born on February 29th, 1924. When people ask her how old she is, she usually replies with a short answer that leaves them scratching their heads. I've had 25 birthdays, she told USA Today. In honor of her 25th birthday and 100th year, Forsyth was honored this month by community organizations such as the Osage Hills Chapter of the National Society, Daughters of the American Revolution, and Centenarians of Oklahoma. Sand Springs Vice Mayor Bo Wilson has proclaimed February 29th Mary Lee Rogers Forsyth Day, the Sand Springs leader reported. Her parents explained her birthday to her when she was a child, she said. They showed her a calendar, and her birthday, February 29th, wasn't there. But despite that, the beloved sisters she grew up with made sure she never felt left out and often took her out to lunch to celebrate on February 27th, 28th, or March 1st. Forsyth also noted she isn't the only one in her family who lived to be at least 100. Her aunt lived to be 107, she said. A surprise ceremony. On February 15th, Forsyth went to a local library with plans to speak in front of the Osage Hills chapter of the National Society, Daughters of the American Revolution. The organization had something different planned for her, though. When I walked in, there were flashes going off and they were taking my picture as I came into the room, she said. There were dignitaries from the city and there was a proclamation read. My goodness, it was shocking. The room was full of people. I never had been that surprised in my life. She even got a certificate from the Centenarians of Oklahoma. A love story of 68 years. Forsyth has lived a life full of love, worship, and music. She went to Sands Springs High School, where she met her soon-to-be husband, William Wayne Forsyth, also known as Bill. She saw William on school grounds and heard him laughing with friends. She was intrigued and thought he was cute. She looked for him later but didn't see him again until chorus class. He sat behind her because he was a bass and she was an alto. One day he was laughing and I said, that's the guy, she said. Foresight than her husband shared a love for music, she said. He was the number one bass singer in Oklahoma in high school. At one point, Forsyth competed in a contest and won third place, she said. They eventually were married. They had their wedding at home. A friend played the organ and another friend sang the song, I Love You Truly. The couple had two children, 22 months apart, Martha and William. Their children inherited Forsyth curly hair, which she said runs on her side of the family. She said her husband was a wonderful father. He was always willing to help anyone. They were married for 68 years, and he died in 2011. Work, church, and music. After graduating from high school, Forsyth went to Droughton's Business College, a school for secretarial workers. I made sure that I got the speed that I needed in shorthand and typing. She said, then I went into office work. She worked with local merchants and later two law firms. She typed letters and greeted people, she said. She retired in 1963. These days, she loves going to church and singing. She reflects fondly on the days when she'd travel, play the mandolin, and perform with her husband. 
My husband played the harmonica, she said. He was a wonderful singer. I played the mandolin, and we would both sing. The moment she never forgets. Forsyth was raised by Christian parents, she said. Her father would often call their children into the living room, and together they'd read the Bible. He'd pray for them all as well. The man she eventually married, Bill, was also a Christian. One memory in particular will forever tie her to her faith. She was six years old and sat at the front of the sanctuary at church. As she sat there, the preacher talked about how God loves and forgives everyone who asks him to enter their hearts, she said. So I went to the front and I knelt at the altar, she said. I asked Jesus to come into my heart. Then I went back to my seat and sat down. I've never been sorry, I'll tell you. It has been a wonderful life. New item now for a little bit of politics. McConnell to end an era as Senate GOP leader. He'll step down this fall and the succession efforts begin. This by Marina Potofsky, Riley Began, and Rachel Looker. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican from Kentucky, the longest-serving Senate leader and a colossal figure in Congress, will step down from his leadership post in November. McConnell, who is 82, announced his decision on Wednesday in the well of the Senate, telling his colleagues, I had the honor of representing Kentucky in the Senate longer than anyone else in our state history. I just never could have imagined, never could have imagined that happening when I arrived here in 1984 at the age of 42. One of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter, he added. So I stand before you today to say that this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate. McConnell will finish his current term in the Senate, which is set to end in January 2027. The Kentucky lawmaker has wielded power among Senate Republicans for nearly two decades, serving most recently as minority leader. He was the Senate's majority leader from 2015 to 2021. Thanks again for listening, and this is Melanie signing off.